Immediately a man was nailed to the cross, he lost all his rights. And if you ever get nailed to the cross, you'll lose all yours too. We love ourselves so much. And who are, we, who are we talking about now? Unbelievers? No. So-called believers who have never understood what it is to take up the cross and put self to death. See, because in the last days there's going to be very little preaching about the cross and death to self-life. And so, when there's no preaching against death on death to self, self is going to flourish in the lives of many Christians. They won't even know that you cannot follow Jesus if you love yourself. I don't ask people if they're saved anymore. Who isn't saved? From the White House to the Jailhouse. <clears throat> I'm asking you, is Christ, does Christ live in you? Christianity is the only religion in the world where a man's God comes and lives inside of him. Thanks be to God that when I finally acknowledge that I can't do this, it's not possible for me to live the Christian life on my own. I, I'm not called to chart my own course. I'm not called to create my own destiny and ask God to bless it. I'm called to follow Him. I'm called to give up the rights to my life and walk with a holy Savior. I'm called to let His mind be formed in me. His life become my life. His ways become my ways. His purpose become my purpose. His plan become my plan. And then the power of God will come upon me. Good day. It is January the 25th, 2023. And as we know, this year is marching on by. Got the month of January almost completely wrapped up. And I haven't uh, been behind the microphone often. I've been busy with a lot of different things. Uh, mostly related to one ministry or another that we're involved in. And then there's always that sitting back, taking time and reflecting on the Word of God, studying, writing, uh, and, you know, just going about life, uh, which that alone keeps you pretty much busy. And I'm not making excuses. I know there's folks out there that are that enjoy what we do here. Uh, maybe we're helping you grow in your faith. And that is the, really the, uh, the bottom line for me is, I, you know, I don't care if you like me or not, I, I, but, you know, draw closer to God. That's all, that's all we can ever do. And, you know, the thing of it is, is when you go, I don't care what type of church it is anymore. There, it's getting to be, and when I say type, I mean denominational-wise. It's getting to be this thing of, you know, say the prayer, walk away, it's all good. You know, you don't need to be discipled. You don't need to know anything. You know, we're not going to teach you anything. We're going to keep it as simple as we can so that, you know, you, you just starve to death spiritually. 
And in these last days, we are marching towards a mess that is unbelievable. You know, the thing, and I don't, like I say, I haven't done a lot of news lately or newsworthy things as far as how our government's causing all the trouble that they do because that's always been and always will. But uh, there is some things, there are some things that need to be looked at here and there. Now there's a, a, what's her name? Amy Grant. Some people call her the queen of Christian contemporary music. You know, right there just makes me want to vomit. You know, you you elevate this person to this stature that they have to live up to. And then people look up to them. And and it's just like it's just like anybody else though, folks. People have a tendency to look up to other people and elevate them and reverence them. You know, they like the old the old days you you always heard preachers and pastors referred to as reverend. You know, now they just want to be called doctor or something, you know, benign so they don't sound like they're above their station. But they still think they are. They still think they're the ones that hold it all. They get the reins, buddy. You're going to follow me and that's it. And if they're good, then that's worth it. But most of the time they aren't. Here's, a, here's where I'm headed, though. Amy Grant queen of the contemporary, I put that in scare quotes, queen of the contemporary Christian music scene. She's been around for a long time. Uh, You know, she kind of had a little hiccup there when she divorced her first husband and married Vince Gill, which caused Vince to divorce his wife as well. You know, so there you go. Broke a couple of marriages up real nice and easy. I believe there are children in both. I'm not sure. And then, you know, they got married. Well, that, that caused a little bit of a, of a ripple. You know, because people are like, well, now we're expecting you to be able to pull through. You know, you, you, you make a commitment to someone and you can't keep that. That's a very serious commitment that you make. And, uh, you know, I'm not, not one that says divorce is the uh, red letter or the whatever, you know, the scarlet letter that's pinned to your, your jacket from this day forward. But I do say that, you know, as a Christian and someone who's very visible, you, you should do the best you can to try to work out your differences. That was step one for me. I'm like, I was two steps back already when the, the pop queen, you know, I think she became the pop, you know, star crossover. A little less Christian, a little more world. And then now the newest thing that really just, this is it. You snap the stick for me. She's going to host her niece's homosexual, same-sex, queer wedding. I call it what it is. They say it in their own article. They talk about queers and all that because that's, that's acceptable terminology. And I'm not using that in a deplorable or mean-spirited thing. I'm just saying, you know, and, and these people are going to tell you 
the same thing over and over again. I'm Christian, and I'm reaching out in love. We are to love everyone. God is love. Listen to me. God is love. God is also a God of judgment. He's already judged this activity well before we decided to say it was okay. And I, 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 I heard this, and the guy that was reporting on it at the time, when I heard what they were doing, you know, he made a very poignant statement, and it's very, it's very true. You can love them right into hell. Are you willing to do that? People say, well, once saved, always saved. Eternal security, unconditional. You can do whatever you want once you say a five-second prayer. You know, turn your back on God, walk away. He doesn't care. He still loves you. He will love you. He will never. And you know what? You can come back. Remember the prodigal son? He was in the father's house. He left. When, when he came back, the father ran to him, and he said, this is my son who was dead. He had eternal life with the father there at home. See, you, they take these parables, and they humanize them like it's just some guy that Jesus was talking about and his kids. It wasn't a point of it, of the story. The point of the story was the father will, you know, he'll welcome you with our open arms. Even if you leave and come back, he'll welcome you with our open arms. You're repentant. The kid came back with the right heart. He came back and he said, you know, I've sinned against you, basically. I'll just be one of your servants. You know, I, I, and he said, no, you're my son. Give him a ring. Give him a robe slew the fatted calf you know his brother was all upset because he was kind of a hypocrite he was kind of a holier than thou look at me i've never left you and i'm right here read that again read it with the right context in your mind read it with the right you i've heard i've you know i've heard several sermons on the prodigal son and i've only heard a couple, and they weren't definitely not sitting in most churches I've been in that did it well, because they turn it into this humanistic story. And then you'll have these guys; they'll say, "Well, you know, all these churches are humanistic. They're they're going for humanism." And you're know, like, "What are you doing? Don't point your finger at somebody else and do the same thing." I fear for these people who, you know, hey. Amy Grant, I don't know. I don't know her. I don't want to know her. Except to say repent. Repent. Confess. Submit. Period. And then people, oh, well, she's done more for Jesus than you'll ever do. Very possible. It's not up to me to figure that out either. I don't care. I will tell the truth. Period. I will not confuse you with a bunch of you know, uh, modern-day catchphrases. 
Like God is love and he wants us to be able to love whoever we want, even if it's another man or another woman or, you know, same sex, this and same sex. That's, I love my brothers, but I'm not going to marry one of them. You know what I'm saying? My Christian brothers, I love you, brother, but I'm not marrying you. We're not going to do with them things. That's a different kind of love. That's, you know, brotherly love. Phileo is what it's called in Greek. Phileo. It's the love one has for his his uh, siblings or, or brothers in Christ or friends or whatever. These are these things these people are doing. It's homosexual. It's queer. It's wrong. It's been it's been wrong. God laid it down in the law, you know, four thousand years ago in writing. He showed us what Sodom and Gomorrah, what their uh, judgment was, clear back even you know probably another thousand years before Moses wrote the law. We don't need to hash these things, but. On the Christian side of the fence, it's like, you know, the best thing that could happen, your 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 nieces, nephews, brothers, sisters, whatever they can I wanna I wanna you got a nice piece of property. Uh, can can we have our, our uh my me and me and my husband, you know, if it's a guy <laughs> we wanna get married and we wanna use your No. I'm sorry, you can't do it. Take me to prison. That's what they're shooting for in the down there in DC. If you turn down the uh, opportunity to do a uh, preside over a, a homosexual wedding, you can, you know, if you, I won't do it. Our church won't have it. They'll, they, they'll close your church and lock the door or take your money and throw you in prison. How many people are willing to stand that fast? I think there's quite a few, but they haven't been tested yet have not been tested first timothy chapter four and verse number one is where i'm going to start today and i'm doing that for a reason and when you if you turn with me there you'll understand but if you have not and you don't want to that's fine too this is a very pointed no nonsense piece of scripture period it's it's again Removing confusion means if there is confusion, we're going to take it away. We're going to push it off to the side and say, we don't want you confused about anything. We want you to open your eyes and study these scriptures, all of them, because it's important to know what you're being told from guys with PhDs, which stands for, as a friend of mine used to say, Pentecostal hairdos. You, you know, they're they're parted just right, and they their jackets buttoned when they stand up, and their ties perfect. And they they have all the words, and they're fluent, but they skip over stuff. They. Been do- they've been indoctrinated by a set of examples in their uh, seminary or wherever they went to hold to certain things and, and just don't even worry about others. First Timothy 4.1. And it says, 
Now the Spirit, capital S, Spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, comma, giving heed to seducing spirits, comma, and doctrines of devils. Telling people that it's okay for two women to marry each other or two men to marry each other or a woman or a guy to marry their cat or dog or cow or horse is a doctrine of devils. It's a seducing spirit. And it says that some shall depart from the faith. They're in the faith, folks. They're in it. They're sitting next to you in the pew, maybe. I'm, I'm just using an example, you know, making this as hit at home as close as we can hit. They might be the deacon of your church or the pastor. I have heard in a certain denomination, and it wasn't. I usually pick on Baptist because I, I'm around them a lot. And it wasn't a Baptist this time. It was a different denomination, but one of the big ones, one of the mainstream ones, and it was right around our area that we're in right now in Ohio. This is a while back. Pastor preached up there, and he was fiery, and he, he carried a congregation for a while, and then he went queer. came out of the closet, divorced his wife and ran off with a boy, friend. This should not be. He departed from the faith. Now, some people would say, well, he was never in it. He was a pastor of a church. Whether he was openly or closedly or whatever, actively engaging in the activity, he presented himself as being in the faith. And however you want to determine somebody's uh, spiritual status of, well, he wasn't really ever in the faith, that doesn't make any difference. Paul tells us some will depart from the faith and they're going to be giving heed or following or going along with seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Now I really have to say those are very Hard words to to really parse out. And it says in the latter days, in the latter times, well, we are in them, aren't we? They're going to apistemi, as it is in Greek, leave, flee, go away from the faith. And they're going to give heed to seducing spirits 
doctrines of devils. Now, I, I don't like this kind of stuff. I don't even like talking about it. I don't, you know, there's so much that we can go into that's not so hard to, to, to cover. But there's so much that's being lied about, folks. is being left out. And it, I'm going to tell you something. If you leave things out just because they're not comfortable, you know, that's a, that's the thing is it's not comfortable. So we're, we're just not going to talk about that. We're going to leave that one alone. It's just not worth us spending time on because it, it doesn't gel with our, our belief system doesn't go along with what our denomination says and i don't care what denominations say anymore i'm sick of them i'm sick of the lies i'm sick of the deception if you want to call it that which is nothing more than a lie i'm sick of the the leaving things to 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 push them over here i haven't heard a guy in in five years sitting in a church i haven't heard anybody preach on Second Thessalonians chapter two. Oh, they love First Thessalonians chapter four because they can talk about their pre-tribulation rapture and you know while the world goes to hell around us, we're still here. Oh, but in the tribulation days, it's going to be even worse. Well, it probably will be. But the setup is definitely there, isn't it? Second Thessalonians chapter two. This entire passage of scripture, if you go through Second Thessalonians, at least the first ten or twelve verses, you know, verse number one, now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together unto him that ye be not soon shaken in mind or troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us. See, somebody was trying to lie to the Thessalonian church about, you know, that Jesus already came, you got, you missed it. Paul's trying to straighten about so they know that he has not. And this is why we'll explain it to you, Paul says. In verse 3, let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition. Who is that? That is... None other than the one we've heard about and seen movies and read books and, you know, again, certain denominations won't even practice or preach this because it doesn't fit them. Let no man deceive you by any means for that day. What day? What day? By the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ that day and our gathering together unto him that day it's only one day 
but people are going to deceive you all kinds of ways. They're going to say, well, Christ is here. He's over there. Go. And Jesus said in Matthew 24, if they say there is Christ, no, don't believe them. You will know, he says, when Christ comes. You have no doubt in your mind that it's happened. And what does Paul say again? There's going to be this, I would imagine, a massive falling away first. People are going to depart the faith, as uh, Paul wrote to Timothy as well. Is Paul writing that as well? People will depart from the faith. They'll, they'll be in it, and then they're going to say, nah, don't want any more of that. Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3 says basically the same kind of a thing. There shall come a falling away, and that man of sin be revealed. The son, see, the day can't come until the man of sin is revealed. So how does that happen? How do we know? I mean, there's a lot of people that speculate, oh, the Antichrist, he is, you know, Zelensky over in Ukraine, I've heard. I wouldn't doubt that. But he's definitely an Antichrist, one who does not believe. They'll say it. Oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. But if you think you're a Christian and you go for abortion, I'm talking to you, Democratic voters. If you go for abortion, you go for this homosexual thing that's going on. You think that's all good. And I'm talking to those Republicans as well that got themselves elected, you know, with a cross pinned to their jacket. And then, you know, they do God knows what afterwards. Lindsey Graham, South Carolina senator that's one of the biggest buffoons that there is. These guys will, you know, play the card when it plays for them, and then in the back room they go along with every bad deal and every bad doctrine that you can think of. Now, this son of perdition that Paul writes about in Second Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 3 goes on in verse 4, and he says, Who? This is the man son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped so that he, as God, sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. And Paul says to them in verse 5, Remember ye not that when I was with you, I told you these things. He's, he's reminding the Thessalonians who, who are a little bit shook up because they've been told, oh, Jesus came, you guys got left behind. And they're freaked out. I mean, they didn't have Fox and CNN back then. They didn't have, you know, 24-hour-a-day Christian TV to tell them, well, don't believe everything you see there either. They didn't have all that. They just had word of mouth. Oh, no, you guys, you're, you're way up here in Thessalonica. You don't, you don't know. It's already happened. You're, you're left behind. You might as well just go back to, you know, pagan worship and, and whatever because that God that was told to you by Paul, he, he, he deserted you. 
left you here to go through the great tribulation. You're, you're done. So they were quite upset. And Paul says, remember, I told you all these things already when I was yet with you. Now, he only spent, from uh, most accounts, and it comes from the book of Acts, about three weeks with these people. Three weeks with the Thessalonican church. And in those three weeks, he explained to them, all this stuff that we're talking about in three or four verses that you probably never hear maybe once every four years in your church now. Paul brought the Thessalonians up to speed through salvation and grace and faith right up to the end times so that they'd know what to look for. And specifically, so we would know what to look for. So that they know that, you know, if they passed from this life to the next before these things happened, they had an assurance of salvation. Jesus was the way. That there's a re, there's a restrainer involved as well. And he, you know, the mystery of iniquity, it says in Second Second Thessalonians 2 7. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he, only he who now letteth will let until he ta- until he be taken out of the way. There's all kinds of different ideas about who this guy or person or spirit who letteth, <laughs> who allows things to go on until he's taken out of the way. And then all, I'll just say it, hell breaks loose on earth. And when that, and when, and then, sorry, and then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. This guy is coming in the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. You know, I don't discount all the things that, through the power of God that can be done. Raising of the dead and, uh, I mean, down to, even to that, uh, and, and the, uh, uh, healings and, and all the, all, you know, all that stuff. Now, when a guy blows at somebody or wags his hand at him and they fall down backwards and it's all, Oh, you look what he did. That's, that's garbage. God never stops working. It's just man becomes less of a of a a tool that God can work with. As we get more man centered, get more look at me, look what I can do. I can lay a hand on you and and you'll be you'll be healed, you'll be saved, you'll be this or you'll be that. So anyway, Paul goes on and reiterates things to the the Thessalonican church, and he tells them, "Look, this is—I've told you these things. Don't let somebody else come along and fill your head full of nonsense." He also 
tells them that this satanic power, the man of the satanic power, is going to come along and he's going to fake by Satan all kinds of power, signs, and lying wonders. That's the exact words of the King James Bible. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. There are going to be those people who just refuse, absolutely refuse to have anything to do with Jesus, have anything to do with Christianity. And they're going to say, well, it's because they're so close-minded. It's because they, they won't be open to this, you know, same, same sex marriage deal that goes on. They won't, they won't say that, uh, you know, Muhammad's okay and Buddha and, and all the others. You know, we can't, we want to serve who we want to serve. And Jesus was very plain when he told us we cannot serve both God and mammon. And what is mammon? It's always kind of kicked off as God and money. But it's not typically the only thing that mammon stands for. It stands for anything worldly, anything that you put before Jesus. You can't do that. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, all your soul, all your being. You know, put him first. He comes first. Now, there are going to be things that we have to do, of course, that makes it look like, you know, Oh, you're not thinking about God. And, and you know, you just that's the deal is you consider God in all things that you do. When I sit down to do this podcast. I have to be able to consider what I'm going to say so that I don't confuse you. I have to consider that it's God's word that makes more sense than mine ever will. Some of those passages that again don't get used unless they're used against you are things like you can't get uh sweet and bitter water out of the same trough or out of the same well some people say why not think about it you can't do it if you take this is this is how you can take to the bank bad theology or bad uh, Bible teaching, whatever you want to call it, is, you know, if you had a glass of water, good, nice, cold glass of water like I have sitting at the edge of my desk over here, and I just go ahead and put eight drops of cyanide or, or strychnine or whatever you want to, whatever poison you want to pick, I drop them in there, stir it around, Go ahead, drink just the water. Now, don't don't drink the strychnine. Just drink around it. You can't do it. Once the bad stuff hits the water, and the water is a, a good picture of Christianity or the, the living water, once you dump this bad stuff in there and mix it around and say, this is canonical, this is the way it's supposed to be, this is you know, what we want, you have a problem. 
You can't just drink out the good stuff now. The bad's been mixed in. You have to dump the bad and the good, which, the, you know, now it's not because it can't be made good again once that, that poison has been added. Now, you can walk away from it. That you want to walk away from. It's bad. It's, it's mixed up. It's, it's, it's poisoning. You can't get good and bad water out of the same well. You might be able to take some of this, you know, stuff like the heavy metals or whatever, whatever it causes cancer and all these other things in water and boil it out, you know. But there's still an element there that just might not be good for you. And that's what we have to look at. When we, when we delve into Bible study, you've got to do it with a, a mind of Christ, uh, the mind that God has planted in you at salvation. And and the growth that you get, you you know, you don't grow if you you know if you're if, in 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 modern physiological terminology. If you don't eat, you'll waste away. The same thing works with your spirit. If you don't feed your spirit something daily, even some i don't care if it's a 15 minute video i really encourage you to be reading your bible or picking up a book by a knowledgeable good author and be careful about that you got to vet these people you don't want a joel osteen book or a joyce meyer or even dr david jeremiah these people that are so full of themselves now you want somebody solid. So go for that. Dig deep. Find out who they are. You, you're not going to find too many new writers that are worth much. You just search out the guys that are around 40 or 50 years ago or 60 or 100. We have to be careful that we don't fall for stuff. Jesus warned over and over again, take heed that no man deceives you. In Matthew 24, the the uh, Olivet Discourse is what we call that chapter of the Bible. He tells his, his chosen disciples four times, I believe it is, in that passage of Scripture where he goes through and talks about you know, in the end times, there'll be earthquakes and volcanoes and all these other things and, you know, evil going crazy and days of Noah, days of Lot. But four times other than that, he says, don't let any man deceive you. Take heed. Stand and say, no, if you have to vote with your feet, walking in the opposite direction from whoever it is, do so. Oh, they'll talk about you. They'll call you names. They'll they'll tell everybody in the congregation how how horrible you are, and and they'll make up they'll make up lies about you. Let me tell you something. When a liar lies about you, don't worry about it. It's easy it's easy to say, isn't it? But hard to handle when it comes. But I'll tell you right now, it's worth it. Just say, you know what? I'm done with you. 
you don't know what you're talking about. You're not teaching us anything in this setting. It's time to walk out. And, you know, that, and I'm talking about even mostly uh, the TV preacher guys, you know, that, that just go on about nothing and, like, say, blow in your face and you fall down. Well, it's, you've got that breath that probably would. But there's also those ones out in the world that you run into that, you know, in in your community that you just know there's something that doesn't quite work here. And just leave them. Leave them alone. Lying never works. But Jesus said, take heed, no man deceives you. Beware false prophets. He, he, he went three or four times in that passage of Matthew 24 about false prophets, false teachers. Just, you know, you, but see, how do you know, people will say, how do I know they're false? How do you know they're false? Read your Bible. Read your Bible. Get to know. You know, and I'll tell you what, if you're sitting there and you listen to a sermon and you're like, well, I've never heard that before. You know the text that this guy's using. Go home, open up, or you sometimes can do it while they're preaching because once they give you the text, they just go off somewhere and you don't even know what they're talking about. But you got the gist of it. You read the text. You read what I've given you today, First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, and a, a nice little chunk here down to about verse 11 in Second Thessalonians chapter 2. That's what we've covered so far today. Read them. See, see if you come to something different than me. If you do, then you can contact me however you wish, and we'll, we'll discuss it to the best of my ability. But I'm telling you right now, I do my best sitting here to not take you down a path that, that's not going to lead towards righteousness. And righteousness is Jesus, not my own. My own is worthless. But Paul warns, again, what do he say? This, this guy that's on his way, some say he's probably already here. I don't know. We won't know until he sets himself up for sure. But he'll be doing all these things by deceivableness and unrighteousness. And there are going to be people who are going to go, oh, wow, look at it. Can you believe him? And they will perish with him. It's been one of those days. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to cut short today just because I think we've covered a lot. I am worried about the state of what calls itself Christianity. Now, real Christianity, I never worry about. The real church, I don't worry about. Now, uh, the, the, but the ones who claim they are, and then they come up with all kinds of harebrained schemes and, and go down paths that make no sense to me, those I worry about. Those I'm concerned for. Because they're full of people. They're full of people. Entire denominations full of people that think 
that think they're in good shape. You know something? Just with that in mind, if you're if you're following me along, following along with me, go to Matthew chapter seven. My wife and I were just talking about this earlier today. Okay. Most people know Matthew chapter seven by verse one. It says, you know, judge not. We're not even going to go there. But down, down the page, just a little bit, you come to Matthew chapter seven and verse number 13, which you can also find over in Luke chapter 20, or I'm sorry, Luke chapter 13, verse 24. We'll read them both, okay? Mark, Matthew seven thirteen. Enter ye in, enter ye in at the straight gate. For wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth to life, and few there be that find it. Now, some people say, oh, well, maybe I didn't find it. I don't know. You'll know. Let's look at Luke 13 and 24. Strive to enter in at the straight gate. For many, I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not be able. They're, 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 they're seeking, but they're seeking the wrong way. The straight gate is very simple. It's Jesus. Jesus is the straight gate. Jesus' walk is the is the straight walk the narrow way it's very narrow cuz he's the only way you know you can't get on the road with with all the guys that say you know it's okay to do whatever you want it's okay to follow along with me i'm just going to teach you how to have your best life now i'm going to give you the 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 the, the keys to the, the earthly kingdom Jesus wants to give you a key to the heavenly kingdom, and it is him. He is the key. He is the straight gate. He's the good shepherd. He's the door, he says. He is the eternal life. He is that straight gate and that narrow way. It leads to life, folks. Yeah, it's tough to walk on a narrow path. You know what he says in verse 15 after he says all that? Beware of false prophets, for they come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. They're ready to rip you to shreds. They're going to lie to you. They're going to tell you all kinds of stuff that doesn't, doesn't even fit. Jesus said a couple other things in this same chapter. This chapter is so full of stuff that it'll shake your soul when you get into it. And again, there's these guys that just veer away from it. They, they're not going to have anything to do with Matthew chapter 7, except judge not. Matthew seven twenty one. Many of you that are sitting there listening, if I, and I pray there's many of you that are. <laughs> Matthew seven twenty one. Not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Matthew uh, 7, 22. 
Many will say to me, notice, many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name? And in your name have we not cast out devils? And in your name done many wonderful works, Benny Hinn. And then I will profess unto them, I never knew you. Depart from me, ye that work iniquity. Iniquity is a, a word we don't use a lot, common era. Just replace it with lawlessness. You're, you've decided that you don't need to listen to what I say is what Jesus is saying. I gave you a simple set of things to do. Love your brethren. Love God more than anything. But you loved yourselves. You wanted to gather fame by your prophesying and your waving of hands and your stretching out of fingers, whatever they do. They lie about all kinds of stuff. But that's exactly what he said. You did iniquity. You you were busy with your lawlessness. And I have no time for that. And my kingdom my my heavenly home will not have those who practice sin. We'll touch on that down the road soon. Practicing living in sin. This is Tom Richardson. Removing confusion. Matthew, I'm oh, sorry. January the 25th. 